Hi there, listener. Welcome to the final episode of Series 5. We're going to take a little break after this and come back with Series 6 just after Easter. Um, We'll almost certainly start it with two episodes that cover off the much-awaited Christmas special or Series 5 season finale, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, If you want to listen to the full-length version of that and get it before anybody else, then join us on Patreon. That's www.patreon.com forward slash Lovejoy Actually. Um, Our patrons will get early access to that episode um, and not have it split into two. There's also bloopers that are due on there um, and other little bits and bats that will pop on there. So feel free to join us for a month if you're absolutely desperate to hear that episode before anybody else. Um, Thank you so much to our patrons because it really, the support just makes all the difference. We had... I've said it before, I'll say it again. This is a labour of love, joy for us. Um, This episode kicks off with uh, us discussing which cocktails we'd be, which seems a bit random, but we talked about it at the end of last episode. um, And I was very keen that we continue that conversation, um, especially because we've decided in series six, we'll try and do a Lovejoy cocktail recipe at the start of every episode. Uh, But if you really don't care about what we think we would be if we were alcoholic beverages then simply skip to about four minutes in when the episode begins properly um if you want to know when we'll be back on the air then follow us online at lovejoy apod on instagram or on twitter um and and once we're back we'll let you know okay have fun Lovejoy, actually. <laughs> so what cocktail would you be, Helen? I would be, I think I would be an Amaretto Sour because I love it. It's my favourite cocktail. And it's the, it's the combination of sweet and acidic. A little bit acerbic. Sweet and acidic. Acerbic. That's very, that's very kind of British, isn't it, though? Yeah. Sweet and acerbic. The, the Amaretto is like pure sugar, but then you add the lemon juice and then the and then the egg white makes it feel healthy because don't like athletes just drink egg white (laughs) for protein they do in um they do in uh what's it called it's your man in um rocky rocky yeah Yeah. rocky so so it's good for you that's protein so it's healthy like also because i am quite healthy okay (laughs) so there you go yeah so I'm an amaretto sour. Mm. What what cocktail would you be, Polly? So I would definitely be an espresso martini because, <laughs> I mean, I'm maybe thinking about this too literally. I was going to say I'm I'm uh, short, excitable, and caffeinated. <laughs> yeah, and yet alcoholic. Very very alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. It's the perfect combination. <laughs> The nights that I've had espresso martini have been ones where I've made really mad decisions that have always ended up going quite well. So I think that's I think that's nice. It encourages you to do things you would never normally do. I would want to do an espresso martini where you get the little coffee bean in the middle. Mm. You know where you get in really classy yeah. places. That was what I I would just for that added little bit of like oh. borderline sophistication because well, I'm not sophisticated, but I can occasionally just pull it off when we're allowed. Like when we're allowed, we. Have have to go to a cocktail bar and have our drink ourselves yeah um well i put so much effort into remembering that we said we'd say what cocktails we were that i i didn't think of one for me (laughs) (laughs) don't think about it too much just say what you feel oh do you know what i do like actually i like Mm. a margarita 
where it's like a margarita, <laughs> but it's got like a, a lager, like upended that into it. Or awful. a chalada, a chalada. Oh, Lagarita yeah. makes you sound. I mean, that is not a classy choice. <laughs> Educating Lagarita. Well, th- I Lovely. mean, maybe that's the point. It's not a classic. Oh, okay, well, in that um, case, it's not a classy choice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do that's, like, a long, like a nice, long, refreshing cocktail. You know, when you get a really small mm. one and they're really, really strong, th- that's bad news for me because oh, then the I drink kind. like 20 of them oh, and no. it's a disaster. So, thank you for. for humouring me and doing our cocktails this week and then in series six we said we'd have a cocktail at the start of every episode yeah oh we totally will so we'll have to get our thinking caps on and we'll maybe try we'll maybe try and theme them to the episodes in some way yes absolutely quite tenuous at times but that's fine we'll try it right so we've got all that to look forward to tonight i'm drinking gin in a tin which isn't really a cocktail is it well i'm also drinking and it's same similar to yours pink gin in a tin oh no mine is just standard gin one that's pink gin one that's rhubarb but we're still all drinking gin which is great because i'm saving the second um present from helen for the the south carolina special just because it sounded slightly exotic although actually it's not exotic it's got rhubarb in it which is not not exotic at all it's yorkshire it's literally where you're from the rhubarb the rhubarb triangle which is why why i got it for you i thought it was a nice yes no no no, i know it is i just anyway should we should we get i think we're trying yeah we're trying to just avoid talking about the episode aren't we i think so Welcome to Lovejoy Actually. Oh, it's a podcast about Lovejoy. <laughs> a recap podcast. I got really excited because I was going to introduce myself first. Yes. Go on, I'll introduce yourself first. Uh, I'm Em. I'm Helen. And I'm Paul. Yeah, and we are the Lovejoy Actually team. <laughs> we are the Lovejoy Actually housebound in our respective houses. Oh, still. Still. Oh. Still. Can you believe it, everyone? Still. Um, so we're talking about series five, episode thirteen. So this is actually the last episode proper of series five, the one before the big one. It's <laughs> coming, everyone. <laughs> I'm just, just imagining mass disappointment across the world <laughs> when we finally get on to the next one. No. Well, you the... know, at least you know you won't be disappointed, Polly. No, I won't be disappointed. I'll be thrilled. <laughs> that's, that's the most and important also, thing. And also, in, this, in these lockdown times, the bar for excitement is very low. But it's very low. It's, like, it's like, oh, I bought a chocolate bar and now I'm going to eat it. That's like an actually exciting thing. So this, you know... I'm, I'm very be. much looking forward to the 14, as I'm calling it, episode of... Uh, double episode of Love Double Joy. episode. Mm, it's going to be great. It's very exciting. The double bill. So series five, episode 13, is called The Price of Fish. I was going to say, do you know what's interesting about this? And I did do a little bit of research. Your, your, your factoid of the week. Oh. So it's written by Andy Delatour, mm. who I don't think has written any before. Mm. I thought I it was a, a new name. Mm. But I thought, I wonder if he's related to Francis Delatour, and indeed he is. He is her brother. Oh, oh. well done, Polly. That is I, um, I feel as though I had a similar thought to you and then didn't bother looking it up. <laughs> and I, it's directed by well my done. mum's vicar again. <laughs> I didn't, so I just thought... Oh. You didn't have to, because I, cause I yeah. did, and I like Francis Delatour. And the title's quite literal, The Price of Fish, because it is about some fish that are worth money. But obviously, evoking that phrase... What's that got to do with the price of fish? Is yes. that a phrase that you're familiar with? It is a with? phrase, although my mum always says the price of eggs. Uh, my mum would always say, what's that got to do with the price of it fish? It's normally the price of fish. Yeah, I think. I think it's normally the price of fish. I might start saying the price of eggs, though. Just mix it up a bit. I feel like there is another similar phrase, but I can't think what it is right now. This is also classic Lovejoy, Aristos in Distress. 
Oh, yeah. So do you want to hear the uh, UK TV play summary? Yes, we do. Uh, you'll, lo- you'll love this week's description of Lovejoy. <laughs> so, okay. comedy drama with the smooth operator. Oh! Smooth operator. Smooth <laughs> operator. Um, so that, yeah. Charlotte invites Lovejoy away to value an antique clock. But while he's away, Charlie Gimbert tries to evict him. Well, and basically just gives it all away, doesn't it? That's I mean, again, about the fish. that's classic Lovejoy as well, though, isn't it, really? And that is what happens, but it doesn't mention anything about the fish in the in the yeah. summary. But, yeah, they're, they're a fish. And actually, I decided to watch the credits this time oh, yeah. for once, but I didn't really learn anything no. apart from... <laughs> and even when I, even, so you won't do that again. <laughs> even when I saw Andy Delator's name, I didn't think, oh, is he related to Francis Delator? I just thought, oh, I haven't heard his name before. He's new. yeah. But it definitely was a kind of return to Lovejoy classic form, wasn't it, really? Like you oh, had yeah. all of the hallmarks. You had a lacrosse playing friend of, in this case, Charlotte, but it could so easily have been, it Jane. Could have been Jane. Talk yeah. of boarding school. Lovejoy flirting, although mainly with Charlotte. Uh, you had this random forgery thrown in that then actually had no relevance <laughs> to the plot particularly. <laughs> we it was almost a red herring we? of a plot, a red herring in the fish-based plot. Very oh, good. Very good. Uh, we, had, uh, uh, we had an old lady. Had an unpaid, an old lady. unpaid tax bill. We had yeah, a, cu- a country house falling into, you know, hard times. Rack and ruin and mm. uh, uh, Charlie trying to evict Lovejoy. So uh, yeah. it is classic, classic Lovejoy. It did have it all. And we, we start off seeing love, uh, seeing Lovejoy. We don't. We start no. off seeing Charlotte driving, you know, with top down through it the countryside. It's a nice car, isn't it? Mm. It's is a nice car. What, and with some very nineties, like New Jack Swing play. I really want. It was Lisa Stansfield. Oh. <laughs> Now, full disclaimer, I only know that because I've started watching it with the captions on because I find it's much uh, easier to do that. Uh, um, and, I was like, uh, it's and some... it just said, Lisa Stansfield plays. I was like, is it? But, yeah. I was like, because I, I was listening to it thinking I should know this song definitely because it like sounded very familiar, but I couldn't, it wasn't enough because it just, you just heard snatches of it. Okay. It wasn't so... Lisa Stansfield's classic, no, whatever she said, been, been around the world. The world and now, yeah, yeah. It wasn't that I can one. Find my baby. So yes, mm. <laughs> um, and then Beth's just casually forging some Shakespeare. She's totally happy with it now. She was yeah. she was always a bit doubtful, wasn't she? She's in well into the forging now. Maybe now it's she's, like, she's like, well, I've got my dad's blessing, so I'll all just her morals are out of learn. the window. They yeah. are. She's good at it though. I commented on her calligraphy again. Her her sort of because she is quite skilled as an artist. She's ultimately an artist. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They've, um, they've basically they've they've they hired her for the muscle, but now they've realised she's got this additional she skill. Has many so strengths. Milk it for all they've got. Many, many, many. A strengths. girl of many talents. I mean, we don't really know why they're forging this Shakespearean sonnet. I but... think it's just practice for Beth. It's like part of her upskilling apprenticeship, whatever it's work <laughs> experience. They're like, right, come on, you've learned how to pick a lock last week. Now you need heavy to lift, heavy lifting, to forge picking some a lock, casual forgery. It's all there. Yeah. It looks good on your CV. It'll be under like other other hobbies and interests. Casual forgery. <laughs> and but Charlotte's on her way to pick up Lovejoy because they're off somewhere. Lovejoy Ooh. needs to take his dinner jacket. They're off somewhere posh. 
So it is a bit of a Lady J moment. Like, it is when he... Like, really is. He's done similar, similar, hasn't he, where he's gone off to see her posh friends. Get, get Lovejoy to dress up and charm the guests, which he does. He always does. He always... He always... Yeah, and as they're driving away, Charlie's just hiding in the bushes, randomly, with another yes, man. Yes, that was very spying. Marcus. Yeah. Oh, was that his name? I think I didn't write his name down till way later on. Yeah, because he says... Because he, he, ref- he says, oh, yes, Marcus, that's Lovejoy. He's a, a mere bagatelle. <laughs> oh, I've got a corrections burner. Um, in, I can't remember which episode it was either, which is pretty bad, but in the episode where I got really worked up um, about Charlie saying quack salva, um, medican, oh, yes. whatever he said, uh, quack salva is the actual word, and that's where we get quack from. Quack is just oh, the wow. shortened term for a quack salva who was... Somebody pretending to like be a doctor ah, and sell snake oil or whatever. Oh, wow. I so, uh, did not know that. I apologise to the writers of that episode for being so thick. And no, I didn't well, even I look didn't it up. That. I just found it out by accident because I was reading something else. I was like, oh my God, there's that word. And then we're, we're learning. Salva. We're learning. It's good. We're learning as we go. I think that's great. Bit of an aside, sorry. No, so, no, no, so no as, that's as, all right. As we've already alluded to, though, um, Charlotte and Lovejoy are off to see Henrietta, a.k.a. Hattie. Hattie. Of course, Hattie, of course. And her dad, Peter, and her grandma, Mabel, who live in a big house in the country. Or as she puts it, a nice little house in the country, which obviously it turns out nice to be a mansion. Ooh, it's lovely. Why don't I live in a house like that? Who can say? It was go- I wondered where it was. It was gorgeous. Mm. And you think, has it ever been used as a... It was um, beautiful. Like, I, I was thinking, has it, be- has it been used as a school? It looks like it should be a school. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? It should be as in a set, used as a set for a school. Yeah, because it was re- it sort of... It had that the drive going up to it and then the wings, but it was quite red brick and yes, I see exactly. Do you know what, what I mean? It, yeah, looks, yeah. it looks like a very very posh school. So that basically, and as they're driving there, Charlotte explains obviously they're going there to visit her friend and have a nice weekend. But also, um, they've got this long case clock that they really want to get valued. So that's kind of the ulterior motive. And then they arrive, and oh, it's, I mean, yeah, it's all very jolly hockey sticks. And and Charlotte actually gets called Chaz. Chaz. Not Charlie. Not not Charles even. Chaz. 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 Love it. And there's a it's clear from the start, so taxidermy does come into this, but it's clear from the very beginning that they enter that house that they're they're into taxidermy because there's I was an very absolutely amazing stuffed bear in the hall. <laughs> oh my god, it's a stuffed bear and then the polar bear. There were they were was it a polar bear? So there were two. There was, was a, black a bear, bear and then a black bear, and then there was a polar bear, wasn't there? I didn't or see the polar bear. I'm, I'm sure there were two bears. I'll have to go back and look again. But I remember I wrote taxidermy and then three exclamation marks because, as you know, I love taxidermy. Love a bit of taxidermy. Um, we did we ever? I put yay taxidermy. Did we ever put the link to um, the rat lion? Taxi, the bad taxidermy. Oh, I don't um, know if we did actually. It might if we didn't, we'll have the show to. notes of an old episode, but I'll put it in this one because we it's must do because it is at. much more relevant to it. Because I think before we were discussing like stuffed squirrels, weren't we? Squirrel or something. Squirrels in waistcoats. Talking about it. Episodes because they were in. Uh, There's definitely been taxidermy before. There's been taxidermy before, but not to this degree. Mm. This level of taxidermy has exceeded even my greatest expectations. Um, we love a bit of taxidermy, so it was excellent and. Um, Obviously, clearly, um, Hattie's been well briefed by Charlotte on Lovejoy because she knows that it's not <laughs> Mister Lovejoy. Yeah. So, so, she, and he's, so clearly, Charlotte's been like, you know, gossiping, like filling her in on her new and, beau. 
And she also knows to give them adjoining bedrooms, so not to put them in the same room, but to give them rooms that are next to each other. But it has an adjoining wardrobe. I and loved me- it. Which is ama- which it's is- a very Narnia-esque oh. uh, situation, isn't it, really? Yeah, so it's brilliant. There's like a like, little door that joins the two wardrobes. It's like an adult yeah. version of Narnia. So if you're a kid, you go through and it's all... <laughs> Snow and mystery. If you're an adult, sex. <laughs> Go through the wardrobe and there's a massive four-poster bed just screaming. <laughs> oh, that would have been quite funny if he'd sort of knocked and opened it and then just walked in and there was Mr Tumnus or something. <laughs> and a lamppost. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, you were saying? So, um, I, well, I, well, all I was thinking when I was watching this scene was, apart from the, the thing that the wardrobe was quite cool, was like, just imagine like knowing people like that. So imagine like going to visit your friends for the weekend and you like stay in a mansion. We've had this before. It did remind me a bit of um, that lovely weekend where they all went off with Jane and her posh friends and they were all singing Valderie, Valderie. Oh, yes. And actually Charlotte's very similar in this episode because I realised when she went running, which was a little bit later on, so I know I'm skipping ahead, and she's got her jumper tied around her waist mm. in that cash, very 90s way. And we talked about that when we were talking about that episode in, se- where they, where in they series all went three. Cycling. Where they all yeah. went cycling and they all had them tied around their, their sort of shoulders and draped around their shoulders. Yeah. I, I just wish that I had friends like that, that I could just go and stay in their mansion house. I thought it would be absolutely brilliant. But It would. So, yeah, so then Charlotte, so they kind of, there's a suggestion they might get a bit friendly in the bedroom, but actually then Charlotte decides that she'll show him something, which is... Uh, a bed that Queen Victoria used to sleep in when she visited the house, which is very nice. I mean, nice. would that turn you on? Because I know we come back to this bed later on, and, and it's so wrong, isn't it? Well, I'm a bit scared of four poster beds because of a Christmas carol. Oh, mm. yes! <gasps> They're a bit creepy, oh aren't they? Like God. grandfather clocks, in fact. Yes! Like, four poster beds oh did used to creep God. me out, and the fact that... <laughs> you know what I always hated? Oh, Stop! Stop! <laughs> Do you know what I always hate about four-poster beds, though? This idea, I used to both like and loathe in equal measure, the idea that you could get the curtains and pull them around you, because on the one hand, how cosy. On the other, you wouldn't know what was on the other no, side of the curtain. It. I don't even and like it pulling, terrifying the, pulling the curtain in the bloody shower. And the I thought that someone so would then just pull it back, <laughs> and it was really scary. No, four-poster beds do not do not do it for me at all. Oh, uh, so... Um... So yeah, she shows in the bed, which we do revisit later, but it's a bed that Queen Victoria used to sleep in. And then they have dinner, Charlotte looking extremely hot. In she always does. She looks beautiful. Oh, what I love is dress. he's got his role now as being the bit of rough for the posh girls, which he fulfills with great aplomb often. They're like, oh, you've been in prison. Oh my, oh gosh. And well, he, all... I felt like he was a bit set up here because he thought he was he just was. going for a nice weekend away with Charlotte and then he's suddenly at her blooming... He's, he's a little bit. He's a bit like the performing dog for her posh friends, which I find slightly distasteful. Although he's very good at it, so maybe not. Yeah, and so, but as you say, they they're all very. Um, I guess. I mean, has Charlotte told them? I guess Charlotte must have told them that he's been in prison. But I um, wonder. She's almost getting sort of social capital out of it. Like, oh, I've got a boy who's been in prison. You know, it's oh, terribly. Yeah. You know, it, like, yeah. it's all a bit. Oh, it's a bit exciting. Oh, and Samantha's a bit of rough. Samantha Drake Pemberton is very Drake. excited. Yeah, and, Pemberton. but also has a very lovely dress on, I've written down. They all have lovely do you know dresses. Do you know what? I also love the phrase, uh, was your family ever in tea? <laughs> is that, <laughs> that was an amazing like, phrase that we don't know about, tea? Lovejoy tea. 
I couldn't. Know. I looked it up, and no, I couldn't find it because there was there is a tea company with my old my my uh, maiden name surname um, in it in Sri Lanka. Well, and was your family ever in tea? So, well, apparently, part of it was the the Ooh. posh part that managed to get away from Bradford was obviously got into tea somehow. Mm. Um, the rest of my family were into all sorts of things, but not necessarily broadcastable. But uh, yes, but. The- the thing is, because like Lovejoy kind of like decides to just play on this and like you know sort of make himself out to be like a yeah. hard, tough prison nut, and Charlotte sort of teases him for it afterwards, like, "Oh, you were pretending that you had a really tough time in prison. It was only open prison. Yeah, open I'm prison. Sorry, like, open yeah. prison is still prison. It's still yeah, like, prison. I, exactly. I, I grew up near a prison, an open prison. I know, like, it's still a prison, and the people in there are still." Because it's not just people who, like, stole a milk bottle. It's people who, like, maybe they murdered someone, but they're getting to the end of their sentence, so they kind of get reintegrated into society. It's not, like... It's not just full of, like... I don't know. Jeffrey Archer. It's still prison. (laughs) Yeah. It's still prison. That's not the only thing I think of when I think of open prison. You do. You think Jeffrey Archer and Jonathan Aitken, don't you? But it's not all full of Jeffrey Archer and Jonathan Aitken. It's full of, like, you know, bikers named Mavis or whatever he says, you know. Whatever Lovejoy says. So they're asked dinner, they go back to their separate rooms because someone is also going into their room at the same time, so they uh, don't yeah, go they in together. Don't want but they're to. like, oh, it's okay, you know, we'll go into our separate rooms and we've got the little the Narnia door. Um, do you think that would happen these days? Because Is it happening because it's a posh house? Or do you think that it was happening because it was the 1990s and BBC One at seven o'clock in the evening? No, I think it's just, no, I think it was just the story. Like, she, she did actually know all these people and maybe she just didn't want them to know everything about her sex life that yeah. particular moment yeah. no, it's yeah. a bit awkward if like people you know are having sex in the next room or whatever so <laughs> <laughs> we've so all been to those house parties we've all been to those house parties so um basically so they so they go into their separate rooms and then while they're sort of getting ready to go and visit each other i, I found Sam- this really upsetting it was just a bit weird so what samantha drake pemberton the one who fancies love Drake, comes in and sort of tries it on with him and he's literally like Pushing shoving her, her out, out the door. Yeah, he's. I felt really sorry for he him. He shoves her out, but Charlotte overhears this and gets so annoyed that she won't see she him. She locks the wardrobe from her side. Yeah, and it's like, right, sod it. You, you've had Sam in your room, so. But if she just listened for like literally twenty seconds longer, <laughs> but but even the bit that she heard was just like. Was him, him going go away? Yeah. At no point did he even reciprocate well, with the floating. I, really. I guess if you were hearing it without actually seeing it, though. Maybe it did sound a little bit like, oh no, oh you're not being fat. You know when you don't really mean it. When no, you're like, oh go I don't away. Think he did, don't really I thought mean he was away. quite. Oh. For the fuel that I'm giving to the misogynists. It really made me sad because he really looked. You know, he was there waiting with his bottles of wine. He looked. He, was so he, he looked excited. so excited. Bless him about you know Christmas come early basically. Oh, uh, so anyway, they, the, so they don't so, have their tryst, and then the next morning. So, so this is what so this, this comes back to what we talked about lots of times about you know country houses falling on hard times. So it turns out that Hattie's family have actually sold their house to the Suffolk Heritage Trust or something. Mm. So it's actually open to the public. We've seen this before, haven't we? Where this was so have funny. Their houses to the public. So that's all fine. But like, so Lovejoy is like in his towel on his way. Yeah, it was just an excuse. Lovejoy. And there's a talk. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. If your house is open to the public. You'd tell someone. When you're shut off that corridor, you, you'd put them you somewhere just, where like, they're not going to be. You live your normal life in the house. And then people no, think, that, exactly. that doesn't work thought... like that. You have a bit of the house that you show and mm. then a bit of the house that you live although, in. Although, if I went to a National Trust house, I would consider it like really good value for money if I then saw a bloke legging <laughs> it across the hall 
hallway in his towel. I would think, oh, this is really... You know, you know, like when you go to posh houses and you see people, in the words of my nephew, dressed up like they're in the olden days? Yeah. This is, this is a modern version of that. If somebody, if you could pay an actor to just run semi-naked across the landing... He did look hot. I'd well. totally I'd pay like, for that. I'd his top off, but, you know... Absolutely, it was lovely. Great. Ooh. Bring it. So this is where we get the exposition then from Peter, who is Hattie's dad. Basically that, you know, they've had to... They had to sell the house because they need the money. They basically sold everything except this grandfather clock. clock. Were you two okay or were you a bit scared? Well, the grandfather clock. Yeah. No, actually, do you know what? They, they took the mystique out of this grandfather clock by... We had one of those sort of Lovejoy lectures where he points and explains why it isn't worth very much. Where You know, where, where he's saying, well, look at the marks on the wall and it the pendulum so used to be cool, longer and all of yeah. that, which I always quite like it when he goes into lecture mode. So, yeah, yeah. It, that's right. So, basically, they they sold everything. They need they now owe the tax man 20 grand. So they need money. They want to sell the clock. And, yeah, so it's a very... It's a nice, I mean, I love a grandfather clock. It's an 18, 18th century Dutch marquetry long case. But it doesn't. It it's not as expensive as it could be. Oh, it's not as valuable as it could be because the works and new the internal so the mechanisms, ca- yeah. aren't they? Yeah. So the ca- the case is sort of authentic, but it's had new bits put in it. Yeah, yeah a new work in the He says it's worth about eight thousand rather than twenty thousand, which is a shame. Yeah. But then they start looking around for other things because he's like, "Oh, we sold everything," and then he's like, "Well, you must have." It's like, literally, I've just got the clothes I'm standing up in. It's like, well, you probably yeah. have... And all the gorgeous some... stuff around them, though. He says, we've, got, we've only got the clothes we're standing up in. I'm thinking, and the painting behind you, and the, like, the vase, and, yeah. and the well, taxidermy. Well, I think it's that they sold most of their possessions with Can't the they house. they sell the polar bear? I know, I feel like the Suffolk Heritage Trust would have bought the bear. Yeah, I feel, Maybe like, they bought, I feel like the um, bear shouldn't be torn away from the house. Yeah, so, due to, yeah. yeah. So they're looking around for other things. So Lovejoy even notices, like... Um, his cufflinks, which are quite nice, and they're worth about mm. fifteen hundred. So you know, it's all adding up. And then he sees this another bit of taxidermy, a stuffed pike. All I've written is celebrity fish. Celebrity fish. Why do now? I, I know we've talked about taxidermy before, and some people like taxidermy. I understand why you would mount a fish that you had caught, and I, I get yeah. the whole thing about look at this majestic beast that I murdered or whatever that people <laughs> do when they stuff things. Why would you just buy a stuffed fish because they're not aesthetically well pleasing? It is a fa- it's a celebrity fish. That's the point. It's got to be a celebrity fish. And then you right. then it's a talking point. But do you know where I started thinking of? And Helen will know this place, Polly. I don't know if you've been there. The Prince of Wales in Clapham. Oh, yeah. I love that pub, and that's got like loads of taxidermy in it. And so I imagine a pub or like a hotel would buy a big. I thought bit. you yes. were just going to say. I just thought you were going to say Billy Bass. Do you remember when everybody had a Billy Bass that sang down by the river? <laughs> yeah. That in in my about nineteen ninety eight, my grandparents had one. And they thought it was like the best thing, the funniest ever. thing ever. And it used to move its head and flap its tail. It was pretty funny. M, make a note. We've got to put that in the show notes Billy as Bass. well. There'll be, a, that was there'll, be a, there'll be a YouTube somewhere of Billy Bass. It was funny in the 90s when we had a lot less entertainment. Yeah, you had to make your own entertainment. Love, Joy and Billy Bass. That's all we had in the 90s. <laughs> so so basically what we find out is that this fish, because they're like, oh, it could be worth something, you know, if it's like got a story to it. So it's like a celebrity fish, celebrity basically. Fish. So they, and they're like, well, you know, it, it, was our, it was Mabel, so Hattie's grandma, who still mm. lives with them. She she caught it in 1917. So it's like, oh, okay, this is quite a story already. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, someone by definition is going to have caught it at some point, though. If it's a mounted fish, it didn't just <laughs> didn't wash up. It. <laughs> it didn't just wash up and then die out of exhaustion on the shore. <laughs> yeah, but the fact that a woman caught it and it was, you know, and it, it had this thing, didn't it, where it, like it was massive. It was like forty-seven pounds, and it it was it swallowed when they caught it. They found in its stomach or mouth. Yeah. Well, I guess oh, when they yeah. stuffed it, it swallowed a bracelet that was owned by a famous dancer. So, so yeah, so th- th- that's one of the reasons that this fish is famous is because it was found to have swallowed this bracelet that belonged to a famous dancer, Isadora, Isadora Duncan, Duncan, who's got no significance to any of, any of the rest but of the Ultimately, plot. it's still a stuffed fish, and stuffed fish are not attractive. No. And There's me- no getting away from the fact it's just a stuffed fish. And yeah. me- meanwhile, Gimbert delivers a letter to Lovejoy, well, to Tink and Beth, because Lovejoy is away, and obviously we know, because we've read their UK TV yeah. play summary, we know what the letter says. Bad news. I just wrote my granny's favourite word. I wrote, I wrote, uh, what's Gimbert up to? This looks omnious. Omnious. Because my, my granny always used to say, e, them clouds look omnious. An omnious letter arrives. Omnious letter. Omnia. It was well, omnious. Well, and Beth wastes no time because she just steams it open. Yeah. So she, she doesn't beat around the bush at all. Well, she's then... learned from the master, hasn't she? She's getting more and more... Uh, this is Beth, who a few episodes ago was so innocent and honest. Yeah, and Tinker basically anymore. says, I've got to go and deliver this news in person. So now he's going off to Mabel and Peter's. So that's when we discover it's not that far away. Because they always go on these trips, but they're just like down the road. Mm. Yes. Like, mm. We've got um, to stay over because otherwise we'll have to get a taxi home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, so Tink goes off to, yeah, to Hattie and Peter and Mabel's house. And basically um, we've discovered that Gimbert's only given them until noon next Friday to get out. And Tink's like, but, you know, we're tenants. Like, you can't just kick us out. And Lovejoy's like, well, actually, we're not tenants. We just have a gentleman's agreement. I made a gentleman's agreement. Tink says, you made a gentleman's agreement with Charlie Gimbert. And I felt much the same way. I was like, Lovejoy, yeah. that was really dumb. I don't, yeah, but I don't think you would have had an agreement at all otherwise. This is well, the thing. And I immediately put my sort of advisor hat on and was thinking to myself, well, if he's been living there for a certain amount of time and he can prove it and he might yeah. be getting posts there and clearly it's still, you know, it doesn't matter because a contract doesn't have to be written. It doesn't have to be. It just makes life easier. There you go, listeners. There you go. If only he'd, if he'd come to me. <laughs> he, is a de- he is a de facto tenant. He's a de facto tenant. I mean, whether he was a de facto tenant in 1993, I'm not sure. I think the Landlord and Tenant Act is from 97. Yeah. I feel like I need need some assistance here, Mike. It must all be coming in around this time, though, because isn't it? It's either Beth or or Tinker that says, You have rights. Tenants have rights. I wonder if it was a talking point and maybe it was a bit more social commentary going on. I feel like it was definitely in the 90s. I'm going to look it up now. Um, Then, so obviously. Lovejoy rushes straight to Felsham Hall to kind of confront Charlie, rushes off. And um, Charlie's getting the usual um, demands from the from the local folks. The vicar's asking him, you know, to, to host some event and give money and all these things. And we've already yeah, he's seen... like, if you put on the event, but could you also give us two grand yeah. to get the ball rolling with the charity? Uh, do you know what, though? This is the difference. Again, this sums up really the difference between old money and new money. And it's that thing about rights and responsibilities. Mm. He wants all the privileges, but he doesn't want the responsibilities that come with those privileges. And actually... By being a real aristocrat or a real, you know, how, however you want to put it, like Lord you have a place in society. He wants all of the cachet, 
But yeah. he doesn't actually want to he's earn that place in society. He thinks it's all just about being rich and going, bingo, I got there. And it's not. It's about having standing in a community actually requires effort, not just money. Yeah. yeah. And not, not just lineage and not just money. But exactly, he's, yeah. He's basically, he's realised that this isn't really what he signed up for, is it? So he's had enough of it. He's going to sell Felshmall. He doesn't want any more to do with it. Thought, we, at this point we don't know what he's up to do we just know he wants to sell so Lovejoy turns he's like I'm selling and I can't do this anymore but he also makes a really weird he says to Lovejoy oh but yeah. Lovejoy I don't want this to split I us up I don't want your eviction to split us up in any way I was like what? what's happening? I, I, surely if you like if I'd let one of you live in my shed for a bit and then <laughs> I decided to move out have you got a shed? No, I wish I did have a shed, though. <laughs> I've got room for a shed. I just... There doesn't seem much point having a shed in a rented house, even when oh. you've lived here for more than a decade. As I'll, I come come I'll come and live in your shed. I'll come and live in your shed. But if I then moved out and didn't tell you until, like, the week before, I think that would split us. I mean, that's quite bad. Oh, yeah, like, it's, it's just more than him, quite oh. bad. <laughs> I don't want it to split us up. I, I like, had what? a friend kick me out once, and we're not friends anymore. But yeah, I mean, if someone booted you out, even if it was like no fault of their own, maybe the landlord was selling or whatever, and they had to go. But if they only told you the week before, that's yeah. the crucial that's bit. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, fine yeah. to get like chucked out because yeah, I think happen, it, it, it's but... fine to say, look, I'm changing everything, and yeah. therefore, you know, I'm I'm afraid I'm going to give you, even if it's a month's notice. Yeah. And I'm really sorry, I've got to give you some notice. But, and this is yeah. where you can tell that, by the way, the Landlord and Tenant Act was 1985. So it's well in here. Oh, there you go. Yeah, then then, then yeah, he does so have right. This is where you think that Charlie must be up to something. Because obviously, if you just. You should have gone to the CAB. If he was yes. just. Because <laughs> if, if he was just selling, you know, he would just have, like, try and sell it with sitting tenants, wouldn't you? Just be yeah, like, well, it's, absolutely. Big, it's a big estate. I've got this tenant. Although, and that's the sitting good... tenant is. Uh, it's a big estate. By the way, there's a bloke living in my shed. It's not quite the same as the sitting <laughs> tenant. Sometimes he pays me the rent, but most of the time he doesn't. <laughs> and he just gives me an ornament. <laughs> It's a bit more than a shed. No, it is. It is more than a no, shed. It's, it's a, a barn, barn, isn't it? It's a yeah. nice barn. Oh, yeah. Um, so anyway, so you're kind of thinking then maybe I think he's up to something, but obviously it's Charlie. So, and then so basically they decide they so they they, they decide oh the new owners must be wanting to like redevelop and build otherwise they would be keeping us here. Yeah. So they decide so Tink's got a contact in the public records office. So they decide to uh, to use this contact to see what planning permission has been filed for. I feel like this friend from the planning office, maybe not the particular actor or whatever, but I feel like Tink's friend in the planning office has been used before. I feel like that's happened in a previous episode. See, I maybe thought the archaeology that in... one. Yeah, well, I was thinking the archaeology one, but it it wasn't. I don't think it was the same friend. That was to do with a. Wasn't that the church that ended up getting involved in that and looking something maybe. up to do with the history well, maybe of Tink the... just often goes drinking with the people from the planning office or something. He probably he's does. got like one I mean, friend this... in there and now he knows all of them you know when you have a friend who works somewhere and then you end up oh, knowing yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. they work with and it is clever and you know you know that this is somebody who's going to pull some really obscure and you hear about it happening mm. isn't there some there is something to do with the church and tithing isn't there which it, there's all sorts of funny rules that you can evoke yeah. When you don't want somebody to build something Lots or knock of, something I mean, down, even now, or like when you, when you buy a house, you know, if you, if you, uh, it's in the survey, isn't it? There's yeah, something in the survey. If you're the close parish, to a yeah. church, lots of churches have the right to charge money to the That's houses it. in the vicinity. That is it. What? That's the tithing. The tithing. Chancel. Thing. Yeah, chancel. Yeah. That's it. So, so yeah, so this is their idea, which they come up with in the most beautiful pub garden I think I've ever seen. Oh, it's they very really nice, do. It's yeah. lovely. It's lovely. But yeah, Tink is going to go and figure out. Is there something being built? And if there is, is there something that they can 
do about it to maybe prevent it or hold it up or something. So this is kind of like the subplot, isn't it? And yeah. Then the, and it's a and good the, subplot, actually. I like this subplot. And then the main plot, I suppose, is trying to kind of find out more about this fish and if it's worth money and if they can sell it to get money for Hattie's family. So they go to Linklater's, not the law firm. <laughs> no. I was, a bit conf- I was a bit confused. Um, yeah. Do you think that was the brother of Mr Linklater of the law yeah, firm? Yeah, one of them went maybe. into law and one of them went into stuffing well, animals. Taxidermy. <laughs> oh, this, this is my, my sons. They have divergent interests. <laughs> <laughs> well, they both like to stuff things and people. Oh, oh very good. Oh. Very good. Um, so they, so they have, obviously, because they always have to go to an expert and they always know an expert. So they go to Linklater's taxidermist and, you know, basically find out, because I think they know who stuffed it, obviously it's got a label on it or whatever, so they go there and it was his, the current Mr. Linklater, his grandfather stuffed the fish. And um, this is where I just thought, yeah, I mean, they go to the taxidermist, the shop, and obviously it's just full of bad taxidermy. And oh, it was great. I, I love it. Well, good taxidermy. taxidermy. Good taxidermy, but all bad. But old-fashioned. All, all taxidermy I mean, bad. It, it, uh, yeah, a lot of it was bad in that it was all sort of things mounted in awkward ways with... Mm pained looks on their faces there yeah. was a, there was a lot of taxidermy that didn't look like it wanted to end its life in taxidermy do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. animals that did not look thrilled at being there and they're looking for basically like provenance aren't they for this fish because if it again if it's celebrity fish it's worth more money and so they're like oh you know would you have any records about when your grandfather stuffed it and he's i mean this is like a chaotic place it's really it's quite a funny moment because he's there he starts to rummage through this like massive stack of papers yeah and they're all like oh it's fine we, we can come back later you know what don't worry about it like it's obvious he's never gonna find it it's like an aladdin's cave full of all sorts and then literally he's like here it is from, ni- from 1917 <laughs> that's, how my, that's how my filing system works everything is on the floor but i know where it is in my notes here, I know Helen's obviously gone into lots of detail about the provenance of this fish, whereas I've just written a really depressing rabbit on the shelf behind him. Aww. And it was, it was sort of too fluffy. It looked like it had been sort of thrown through a gorse bush and then stuffed. It was very sad. So so they leave the taxidermist and go to yet another, we cut away to yet another pub garden where Tink is buttering up Lawrence from the planning office. Yes. With a bribe. He's like bribing him <laughs> with some figurine, some bit of porcelain. So yeah, that's all. That's all going swimmingly, and then so they've now got the provenance for the fish. So they go off to the auction house, which is where we meet. What's her name? What Mrs. Bale? She works at the auction house. That's it. Of course she is. Yeah. So in as time goes by, which I know we've referenced here before, mm. she's the sort of stern, awkward. Isn't she Rocky and Thingy's housekeeper? In as time goes by. I don't know as time goes by as well as you. No, I did recognise her, but but yeah, so basically they've got this provenance, they take it to the auction house and she's like, oh, yeah, it's probably worth like two and a half, three grand and it just so happens we've got a sale in a couple of days, so, you know. Let's put the fish in. Let's put the fish in. They're like, okay. So, you know, so it's all adding up and they still haven't got to 20 grand, but they are now at like, what, like 12 grand or something? Yeah. It's, it's, it's getting there. It's getting there. So that's all good. And Tink finds out what is going to be built or created rather at Felsham Hall which I think sounds bloody lovely can I make it into a health farm I, I, I felt that it would have suited it actually yes, I genuinely I did I don't I mean obviously I want Lovejoy to have somewhere to live and work um 
So but it, for that it's reason, not it's an not inappropriate good, but... use of a. It's not an inappropriate use of a building like that. It's yeah. not like when they yeah. wanted to turn it into a boats a through the ages. Sh- boats through the ages, <laughs> exactly. They they want to do something presumably sympathetically with the house because mm. when you go to a health spa, you go to a grand, a nice country house. old, you know, nice posh country house, don't you? So yeah. I, I didn't think it was horrendous at all actually I, all i thought in relation to it's not this casino was, is it all i thought was health farm is such a 90s phrase it is isn't oh, it, it is. we wouldn't so call, call it that now, a spa which is yeah. a day spa you say a spa you, you might say health resort do you think health so? resort, you definitely yeah. wouldn't call it a health farm no you wouldn't so 90s i, I love farm came from Hmm. I know I was thinking that why would it why was it called a health farm there's literally nothing farm like about it anyway maybe just because it's in the countryside generally I guess so yeah like a yeah like, like a, a farm is health, yeah <laughs> but yeah so they're wanting to send it into a health farm so that's so we find out what's happening and then um, we cut to um, so they've been to the auction house and Charlotte and Lovejoy are loading the fish back onto the pickup truck they're just taking it from the auction house when they've taken it to be like valued or whatever and then they're loading it onto the truck and the back of the frame falls off and some letters fall out. Oh, oh yes. So this, bit, this bit was so sweet. <laughs> but yeah, the, 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 the back falls off the frame and these love letters fall out and oh, they're love letters to Mabel from oh, Billy. Billy Bass. Lady. No, not Billy Bass. <laughs> <laughs> Mabel's oh, quite the old lady though. from... Um... The ha- um the big house at the beginning. Yeah. So Mabel Hattie's granny is Hattie's granny. So Peter is her son. But I will say that Peter and Mabel looked about the same bloody age to me. She yeah, looked she looked quite she looked... young because she was because she would have been supposedly sort of what like eighty, eighty something. Or well, what I've realised is quite how old we are. It was one of those slightly depressing episodes that I thought, my God. This is someone who was actually an adult or a young adult mm. in the First World War. Yeah. There's no one alive now who was a young adult in the First World War. Yeah. Captain Tom fought in the Second World War and he's just died aged 100. Yeah. How are we this old? Mm. That, you know what I mean? That this was... Makes you realise how our... close we were to that, especially to the Second World War. Yeah, it does. Like when we were growing up, the Second World War was really not that long ago. Very close, yeah. really, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, my mum was born... Well, both my parents were born during the Second yeah, World War. Yeah, 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 it's crazy. Um... So yeah, they're like beautiful love letters, and they start Charlotte and Lovejoy start reading them, and Lovejoy gets really emotional. Now I'm just saying, if somebody found my old love letters and then read them out, even if I wasn't there, I would have a heart attack and die. I would be, I would not like that. It would be horrible. I don't want See, somebody to read my old now, love letters. I'm going to put them all in a shredder. But Lovejoy's always a sucker for this sort of thing because do you He's remember when they were when they found them in the back of the clock that yeah. time and that was a beautiful the March of Time which was a, just a, the most beautiful episode. Mm. He's a very soft and emotional person when it comes to th- a romantic in yeah. the, with a large and a small R in a way in terms of you know mm. the, because Charlotte's like are you crying and he's like no I'm not crying again that's such a throwback to mm. the whole you're crying Lovejoy and I've got wine, wine on my shirt. <laughs> It is, it is. But yeah, Aww. it's lovely letters. That's very sweet that they found those. But you're thinking, oh, they found them, that's very nice, but they're not going to be worth any money. Yeah, because they're but just they're, Mabel. So yeah, they're just Mabel's letters. And then we cut to Gimber and Magnus McNulty, who we met at the mm. beginning, who was lurking in the bushes. Hiding they're, the bush. they're making plans for their health farm. So Beth and Tink decide to... 
I'm not quite sure what the sort of logic is here, but to research health farms. They, they just, they go to they the They decide farms. to go they to They just fancy a day farm. in a health farm. I think Beth fancies a day in a health farm, don't you? I mean, you? who wouldn't? I yes, think they think like... they're going to find out more about McNulty. Oh, maybe they don't realise at this point. No, because they do know it's going to be a health farm, so I don't really know why. Yeah. Maybe they think they can get some sort of Dirt information or, or something. Yeah. I think they're, they're uh, and they did. On, they did yeah. actually. I think they did at this point, didn't they? Because they found out how he was involved and how they were getting it done so quickly. Yeah. So it's quite funny. So Beth and Tink go to a hell farm together. So already it's quite funny. And, <laughs> and they're like, they, they decide that they're going to be uncle and niece. Yeah, which was yes. very sweet. And, which is, and then sweet. So the, the woman greets them and, and he's like, oh, this is my niece, Beth. And she's like, of course. In such an English way of like, of course, you're, 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 you're your niece to... in you know, I'm your not, niece yeah, in yeah. mm, your niece, much younger woman who you're coming to a health farm with. Mm. I just thought it was lovely. I thought the sort of juxtaposition, to use an uh, unnecessarily fancy word, of the two of them lying next to each other and Beth sort of luxuriating in, and really actually looking the part. Getting a in lovely this, massage. Getting a lovely massage and Tinker looking so... <laughs> Uh, uncomfortable. It looks like and me then, and my husband if we went to a house. And then so dis- so disgusted. <laughs> and me, but point, I, I would be Tink. <laughs> but so disgusted at the point where she said what, about what he was going to eat, and that his doctor Doctor Lovejoy had phoned up. I mean, they they were obviously. I th- I felt they were overdoing it a bit for humour in this bit, trying to find humour. But the look on Tinker's face was stunning. Yeah, at that point, it was, it was very funny. And then he he stages a bit of a breakout. Um, yes. In- including, although I don't think this was shown, but it was implied that he used his towel from the farm to somehow get over like a, a barbed wire <laughs> wall or whatever. I think didn't he just out. throw it throw it over so that he could then use it, climb over it, and not get caught on it? Maybe. Yeah. But he gets some chips from the fish and chip shop, and he gets some whiskey, and then eats them in bed, which is just the least oh, health farmy thing you can possibly do. Can sitting I, in bed it, eating greasy fish. I've got pies. to admit something to you two now. After I watched this episode, I you went on my phone. Chips. No, how yeah. much shit's so long? I went on my phone and I booked myself um, a day and a night in a spa just in London uh, for mm. May. I was like, that's oh, it, forget excellent. it. I'm I thought going. you were going to say you just ordered yourself some fish and chips. No. But I will have fish and chips when I go. I feel like nowadays health farms wouldn't be quite so prescriptive. I think at the time it would have been like you can only have yogurt and berries. And whereas yeah. now I feel like if you went to a posh spa, you can have you can, whis- have, you can have whiskey and chips if you want. Yeah, yeah. Like it's meant yeah. to be look. It's meant to be luxurious rather than sort of healthy, isn't yes, it? Yes, you're right. I, I yeah. think now. I think nowadays. I mean, I'm sure places like that still exist, but. Um, so yeah, it's really so. Tink's like not enjoying the health farm experience. In the meantime, Lovejoy because he's found these. Mabel's love letter so he goes to see her it's so sweet and Hattie's reading to her and then Lovejoy sort of says oh I'll read to her and then he takes out the letters I mean I think maybe it was at this point that I was like I would hate this like it's not so much somebody else reading my letters I don't really mind if somebody reads them and I'm not there but to read them to me I would be, but not be happy. But then, no, they're not written by strange. her. They're written to her. I think they're. That written... makes it even worse. 
because he's not there. So sad. Anyway, it's fine. Oh, I thought I but she doesn't. I think because it's like you know, it's a so long, long time ago, in the past, like sixty or seventy years ago. She's kind of you know, she must have got over it, or, or at least come it. to terms with yeah. it, made peace. In fact, with she's, it. she's delighted to see these letters, isn't she? Yeah, she's forgotten it's where she's put them. Sweet memory, not a yeah. sad one. She's yeah. forgotten they were in the fish because obviously she knows that they've been trying to sort of sell the fish, and she didn't. She'd forgotten her yeah. letters were there. And oh my god, when. Lovejoy gives her the letters. He gives her such a like intense look. Did you not like? I did. It was yeah, really like yeah, smouldering. Yeah. I was a bit like smouldering. Oh, and that's it, and yeah, it was lovely. He does a good smoulder. He's got he a good line good in smoulder. It was definitely it? a. It was definitely a smoulder, and that's so she tells him the story of like the love letters, which is really sad. It's a beautiful story. Really, really, really sad. So Billy, her love, and his father worked on their estate. But they were dismissed when Billy and Mabel's liaison was discovered. And then, it all went a bit Lady Chatterley, didn't yeah. it? And then six weeks later, Billy was conscripted and he died at Passchendaele. Oh, my God. This which was the point awful. at which I started crying and I just oh. didn't stop till the end of it. <laughs> I was like that. My, you know that expert? That expert they've got on the Antiques Roadshow at the minute. I can't mm. remember his name. But whenever he gets something that's to do with any war, he completely loses it and starts crying. I really uh-huh. enjoy it. It makes me cry too. But I just think, oh, he's so emotional. Oh. It was very, yeah, it was really, really It was sad. A, It was emotional. It was, it was a very emotional. sad story. So And then they, they take a walk together and they go to the lake where the pike was caught and we discover that Mabel didn't land it on her own. Billy helped her. Of course, she which was is a funny, tiny seventeen-year-old. But she was <laughs> so indignant bike. the first time. Which she was so indignant when he said, "Did you catch it yourself?" Yeah. And I put it down as a misogyny of the week. Turns out it's not. Mm. She, she didn't catch it herself. Mm. And Lovejoy has moist eyes again. Moist eyes. Oh, <laughs> he's got wine on his shirt. Wine on his shirt. Oh, that's going to be my. That's oh, going to be a now good my. Euphemism for crying, yeah, I was about to say it's a euphemism now for crying. I've got, got wine, wine on my on shirt. shirt. Um, but don't worry, because um, we've got some light relief at the health farm. Yeah. Uh, Tink is now in bed with the woman from the health farm. Yeah, so she's Sheila. like, we don't, we don't really know who she, she works at the health farm. But also, before that, she ends up in bed with Tink, right? She So when they're getting the massage and... and they start, I found this implausible. I'm just going to put it out. <laughs> they, start, they start asking her about, you know, Gim, Charlie Gimbert and Magnus. So that so she says, oh yes, Charlie's a regular. Do you know him? And that's kind of fine. It's like, oh yeah, my mm. mate comes here. Oh yeah, Charlie. That's okay. And then they ask about Magnus, and she she just freely volunteers. Yeah, she's the, she's like, oh yes, he's the membership and accounts administrator. Not like he works here even. <laughs> like, yeah, this like this is the exact job. This is when he comes to the office. This is, exactly, this, is he, yes. this is what he has for his lunch. This is where he keeps it in the fridge. This is the time of the morning that he has his morning shit. <laughs> This is the cubicle he uses. But, um, well, maybe Sheila had just been trapped in the health farm for so long, having to sort of eat yoghurt and berries or whatever it was, that she just, she just cracked. Just like, that's it. That's enough. I've had enough. Yeah. yeah. And then, so, and then she does end up, so when she discovers, so Tink goes on his, like, breakout, gets his fish and chips and whiskey. She finds him in bed eating them. And um, she gets into bed with him and joins him and they have a snog. I mean, I, I probably would. would have done, to be honest. What, because of the chips? Or... Because of the, largely because of the chips, but also because I'd just be won over by the cheekiness of it. I'd be like, do you know what? If you can't be him, that join him. Let's get in. <laughs> that is yeah. true. And he that does show true, her definitely. a Shakespearean sonnet. So. Oh, that's true. So he gives her the, the fake Shakespearean sonnet. Shakespearean and they, sonnet. And they read it to each other and it's a lovely moment. Oh. 
very lovely. And then, so Lovejoy tracks down, but he says, he's, when he's, he's driving on the road and he sees Charlotte, he's like, Charlotte, Charlotte. It's like, why are you saying it like that? Why is it such a weird way? Never said it like that before. He says it in a he's like, Charlotte. Mm. Very weird. And she is jogging in the most delightful jogging get up I've ever seen. Would you two go jogging in that? It looks very heavy. Do you know what? I she was jogging, jogging there, wasn't she? It wasn't running. No, she was she jogging. She was very much jogging. Very much oh, no, jogging. Doing... I, Helen's made me realise I can never run near Helen. Because <laughs> she's very dismissive <laughs> of Charlotte's jog, which was a lot faster than my jog. I'm not dismissing it. I'm just saying it was jogging and not running. It yeah, was very much jogging. She wasn't sort of. Um, she was not breaking was she? a sweat. She was not pouring with. Like when I go running i'll come back and i'll be disgusting i will be pouring with like mm, my, my i'll do that thing when my back is wet and i'm just what? you know charlotte was not doing that she was still pristine yes she was. is what is what helen is saying which I was believe. a miracle considering how many clothes she actually had on she had like heavy gray joggers she had like a gray top with long sleeves she had her oh yeah her like sweatshirt was tied around her waist i'd have been too hot even if i went out running today in the snow i'd have been too hot yeah now. She did look very stylish, though. She did, but again, you know what? If I ever run with anything tied around my waist, it falls off. I mean, it would fall off immediately. I don't know how she was keeping it on. It did make me think her wardrobe pinned it. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't... Because she wasn't really jogging. She was pretending to jog. But she was still going faster than a walk. Well, maybe she was also acting. She was also still, like, (laughs) pretend to be... she was still... Doing the movements of jogging that would wiggle off your... I couldn't even walk without something falling. I think wardrobe pinned it. Wasn't wardrobe I think wardrobe pinned it. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think so. But um, she's still annoyed with him as well, which I don't really get. She well, seems to be still yeah, slightly... She's not annoyed with him, Polly. She is treating him mean in order to keep him keen. Which oh, that is true. Anyway. She did reference that. You're right. But yeah. they had this chat about their relationship, which I was so relatable. Because <laughs> I was just like, yes! Oh my God, that's so true. Because she's like, no. I was like, what on earth are they talking about? How can they not have slept together again? Have they really only slept together once? I, I was Why surprised that they'd only done it once. Well, they yeah, must so have they've... done it more than once, surely. So I was well, really surprised. Apparently no, not. But they've, no, they have only slept together once. But no, no, the bit that I related to was when she says, because they're like, he's like, but you know, I want to like be with you again. And she's like, oh, but you know, if we do it, if we do it again, basically, that means we really mean it. Like, the, if you do it once, it can be like an accident. I think I'm going to say an you accident. can do it 100 times and it still won't mean it. I really related that. Whereas I really <laughs> oh. related to that. I was like, oh, the second time is more significant than the first because, like, that, now, it means... Yeah, no, I should... said yes, I will agree with that. I, 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 I was like, yes. I also think another significant point in a relationship, obviously, the second time you sleep together, I definitely agree with Charlotte. But also, the first time... You share a bed, but you don't sleep together. Oh, oh yeah, no, that's, that is, yeah. that's when you know that you're actually in a relationship. That's true, because that's you're love sharing a bed than a one-night like, stand, sex. it isn't. Yeah. yeah. I always think that's always like when I feel like, oh, maybe this is like a thing. It's true, actually. You like, the, you enjoy the presence oh. of the other person. Yeah. Meanwhile, just... I never enjoy the presence of another person in my bed. And if I could have separate bedrooms, I would. You're and like, if I could just like... leave after having sex with somebody, I would. I can't stand. My partner Maybe that's because I've been in lockdown for a whole year, though. Oh, please, I just want to sleep by myself. My God. <laughs> so anyway, they had this chat about their relationship and then they don't really resolve anything. And then she jogs off and that's it. Jog on, Charlotte. Yes, jog, she jogs on. Jog on, so, Charlotte. Yeah. And then, and this is when, so this is when the fish goes to auction and doesn't make its reserve. So they've tried to sell it, but it hasn't worked. So that's really sad. 
Um, and then Tink's found out more about... So he, that's right, because he's got it on with Sheila, the health farm woman. So he's now, he's now, got, all he's the now got all the info, yeah. So basically we know that Charlie, for selling Felsham Hall to be a health farm, Charlie's getting £2 million, shares in the company, and a seat on the board. Seat on the board. It's a pretty sweet yeah. deal. That is really good. It is sweet. Absolutely. Considering how much did he buy Felsham for? Wasn't it a million? It was one just over a million. One point, yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. So it is really, really good. He's doing well. Um, and they've only got two days left now. So it's, it's Wednesday, basically. And they've got mm. till Friday. So um, they want to try and... So they're like, oh, they decide to go like... I mean, this did really remind me of like the house buying process where you have, like we said before, about these, all these weird covenants and restrictive clauses and... You know, you mm. live near a church, you have to pay money. They kind of go down that road. So they're like, right, what we need to do is pretend that some kind of restricted covenant applies to this land, <laughs> which means that they're not allowed to, to make it into a health make farm. Make it into a health farm. And oh, no, give no, no, jobs well, to the village. That, that, we, and... that we can make it... Diff- exactly. Not that <laughs> yeah. they're not allowed to make it into a health farm. Because that's what I didn't get. I was like, the restrictive covenant isn't going to say, don't build you a can't. health farm. Yeah. But but we just... Yes, yeah, so basically they, they discover. So they kind of... Um, start to look into that and then they go back to Linklater's don't they the taxidermist oh no he's going to the fish man not the fish man he phones up up and he calls him Mr Loveboy oh yes hello Mr Loveboy I quite liked Mr Linklater he was good he was alright wasn't he he did have a sad rabbit though all I've written here is Billy also has a fish so even though I technically knew that Billy had been killed at Passchendaele. I've written, Billy also has a fish. Ah. Not Billy also had a fish. But so. haven't we had, a, and I know we're sort of spoiling it now because we're jumping ahead to the fact that he hasn't been killed. Didn't <gasps> that happen in the Prague episode? The Prague son. I'm sure yeah. we've had episodes before where someone's thought to have died yeah, and, then they're and, didn't, and they're reunited as Although much I think older in people. Prague, it wasn't that he died, it's just that he'd gone. He'd, he'd had he'd, to yeah. kind of. Had he had to go into hiding or something? But for whatever reason, happened they before. had to not be together. Mm. Yeah, but I think maybe it did happen a lot. I'm so, sure. I'm sure, yeah, it's like I'm sure a, it did. Because I think it yeah, sometimes it happened where you know you wouldn't necessarily think they've died. You just would never hear of them again and assume yeah. that they've died. Whereas they just because it was harder for people to keep in touch with each other. If you'd moved in the meantime and no one knew where you'd gone, it was just so. Yeah. So basically, Link later phones up because he's found out or investigated a bit more and found out that his grandfather, as well as stuffing the fish for. Mabel also did a carving of the fish for for Billy, for Billy because obviously he oh. helped to catch it. It was significant to him. So they they're like, wow, this is because if we can find the carving and put it with the stuffed fish, the pair will be worth a lot of money. So he's got an address from when the from 1917 when the carving was yeah. done <laughs> in Colchester. So he goes there and surprise, surprise, it's now an industrial estate or whatever. Um, mm. so that's that's a bit of a dead end at the minute. And then, and then all I've written is all I've written next is what's then, what happens then? Because we, get, I've written. Beth says we assume men are insincere until proved otherwise. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've written down Charlie in a dressing gown has nothing on Lovejoy. So I you know, don't know what I was watching. You know why? It's because Lovejoy is, is moaning to Beth, and I love the fact that Beth, who is meant to be really quite young, is becoming his sort of confidant in a way, and he's moaning to Beth and saying, "But nothing happened. I don't understand. Like, I really, I'm why is she being like because, this? And yeah. he is sincere with Charlotte, and Beth says because we just women just assume men are insincere. Yeah, which is kind of sad, really. True, which is true. 
I mean, so, it's also you know. sad. I thought a lot of insight into <laughs> relationships here, I thought. I was like, yeah, agree with well, that. Well, we might have set Twitter on fire now. It's only Polly who has to deal with it. So sorry, it's, Polly. Yeah, great. great. Uh, but we have spoken. So, yeah, so love to us. Yeah, Say Twitter to me at the end and I'll read you because I, I mentioned we were recording this and we got some comments. Oh, excellent. Oh, okay. And then Lovejoy, so Lovejoy basically, he's gone to the industrial estate, can't find it. So he's basically trying to trace, because he's like, okay, where is this carved fish? We know that Billy had it, but obviously he's dead, so he thinks. So he's trying to trace Billy's descendants. But obviously Billy Jones, William Jones, you know, yeah. he's not getting very far. He's trying, I think he's actually trying to go through the phone book and phone like every Jones in Everyone Colchester. Call, every William Jones, because that's, yeah. Well, every, Good every, every Jones, you know. <laughs> every Jones. So yeah. like, he's not getting very far. Um, but he's trying and in the meantime they've done some more digging at the planning office and they find that basically there was a plague village in Suffolk called Great Moxford would you like my facts about plague villages that I think I've said before we would but I'm going to say it again anyway you know when you're in the countryside and there's a church and the church is absolutely miles away from anywhere and it's just a really little church and it's not like a little church that's attached to a big house and maybe mm-hmm. it was their church. It just right. really is all by itself. Yeah. Uh, it's because there was originally a village around the church and then they all died in the plague. The end. Oh. It's my plague village. Oh but... dear. Well, in this case, this is the plague <laughs> village of Great Moxford. So the village... So also, it, Yeah, in the, in the 16th century there was the plague and the village went you know disappeared but in yeah. the 12th century it was given a royal charter because the, the inhabitants of the village took part in the crusades so richard the lionheart oh, yeah. gave them this royal they charter did that a lot. and we don't know what the charter says but we just know that they were granted this charter forever in, in perpetuity yeah so yeah so they've got this idea about this royal charter they've and they've got copies of it so they're going to copy this charter and pretend that great moxford was on the site of Felsham Hall, I think that's... Because, the... lest we forget, Beth is now a master forger. Mm. She learned how to do it at the start of the episode, now she's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's got it. <laughs> and then because Lovejoy is kind of busy trying to keep a roof over his head, he dispatches Charlotte to Colchester to get on the trail of the fish. And she just they, he says, right, OK, we're not getting anywhere phoning all the Joneses in the phone book. Can you go to all the antique shops in Colchester and see if any of them have sold mm. a carved pike? Um, and and she's like, and she's I like, mean, it's quite niche. I would have thought, okay, yeah. this is probably not too niche. And she's like, why am I doing this? And he's like, well, they're your friends, meaning Hattie and Mabel. Yeah. Also, though, I do love the image of her going in, going, hello, yes. Uh, have you sold a carved pike? <laughs> yes, pike. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a good image watching Hartley. her doing it. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Around this time as well. Oh, yeah. oh you do. That's marvellous. Oh, stop. <laughs> oh, oh, the name, it's J.R. J.R. Hartley. I know, it used to make me cry. I love that. That is so odd. Do you know what? There is something sad about that, isn't there? Why is that sad? There is. Why is that sad? It was so lovely. Is it because it's like nostalgia and we can never, that can never come back, that time? Maybe. But also, it was just sad that it it wasn't easy to find his own book that he's written because it was out of print. print. (laughs) Because no one wanted it. No one wanted a book on fly fishing. No, it wasn't bad. It was just niche. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, so Charlotte's in Colchester trying all the shops, not having much luck. And they, to get a suggestion to try the Anglers Association, because obviously they like fish. Yeah, they like fish. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, and, then, and, then, so then, and then we go back to Beth, and I've written, Beth now seems to be all about the forging. Yeah, she was well into it. Well into the forging. She's lost all her moral compass. She's just like, yeah, 
Let me, this is where you see her calligraphy, isn't it, actually? And she, mm-hmm. Which is really beautiful when she's doing this. And obviously she doesn't... It implies she hasn't needed any persuading. She thinks, God, that's a great idea. Although it's for a greater Although good. I she thinks, yeah. She's, it's, I guess she's thinking, I'm going to save the barn that we live in. She's got that, yeah. Barn. She's got, Yeah, it's her own in, self-interest and the greater good, arguably. So both of the things that, you know, Lovejoy has taught her. And then the... Um... Charlotte's uh, Anglers Association tip works because the the pike has never been sold. It stayed in the family. So basically she goes to see the person who she's been told might have this pike. And uh, he says, oh, yes, it was given to my late wife by her uncle as a wedding present. And this way you find out the uncle was... Billy. Billy Jones. And he's there. You see and him, I love when they go in and go, it's it's when he caught, in, and you. St- I think I'd started to suss at this point, and he said, oh, no, he's not dead. Uncle, you know, so yeah. you go, oh, he's <laughs> there, he's there, he's there, he's there, he's he's there, because at this yeah. point, he doesn't know, obviously, why Charlotte wants it. So he's like, well, we're not selling it. It's, like, got a lot of it's sentimental really value. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and she says, oh, but there's a stuffed one that goes with it. And they're like, well, we can't afford to buy the stuffed one. So, you know, but we're not selling ours. So that's it. That's it. So you've reached an impasse. Mm. And then we go back to um, to uh, Lovejoy's place where Gimbert's coming to make sure that Lovejoy's getting out of the house. <laughs> and he, oh, yeah. he sees the, um, the stuffed bike and he says, oh... What's this? It looks like a baby shark nailed to a piece of wood. <laughs> Did anyone else then just have baby shark? Baby shark? But then he hasn't come there to sing Baby Shark. He's come there because... But basically anyway. the real reason he's come around is not to talk about the Baby Shark. He's like, you've only got 16 hours to so get out. So get out. Come on, you're not getting out. You're not packing. Come on, get out, get out. And they're like, yeah, whatever, Charlie, because they've got a plan. A, mm. With a capital P. Definitely. A cunning plan. A cunning plan. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite a cunning plan. It would have been made professor of cunning at Oxford University. I mean, I mean... <laughs> I mean, this does annoy. It does annoy me. The plan. I'll tell you why. So, and then also, Lovejoy sends Tink down the pub, and he's like, "Look, here's all our money. Give everyone down the pub a tenner and ask them to do us a favour." So we don't know yeah. what that is. So it's mm. something they've got a plan, cunning plan. And the next morning, the removal men turn up. Turns up, but Lovejoy, wet from his shower in his in his manu towel. Oh. Do you know? Oh yes, oh, it was his yes. yes. man trafford towel. Yes, bless him. Um, he um, he turns them away. He's like, no. We're not going Here's anywhere. 50 quid, you never saw me. Mm. You won't see me, right? And Beth has finished the charter. Mm. And so Lovejoy and Beth go up to Felsham Hall, Magnus turns up, and basically they, they say, they say, ha stop! You, you can't do this, because... Because! <laughs> and this is a reveal about what the... So the Royal Charter granted Great Moxford the right, in perpetuity, to hold a sheep market... Every this was one Friday of the month. <laughs> and so all those villagers that Tink's paid off turn up with their little banners saying sheep market here today or whatever. But it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Where and where did they I mean I still I, I get it. I I find it somewhat implausible that they would have managed to corral that many sheep in such a short space of time. Yeah. Well, that, 
I mean, well, I felt no, like people were white. Under like a flock of sheep. What I mainly found implausible. Somebody said, oh, you can borrow my flock just to take over to the other side of the. Yeah. I mean, my issue was more with the fact that it was made up, so you could easily <laughs> you could easily check that this wasn't actually the site of Great Moxford, right? And mm. and so if you were if you were just about to do a two million pound deal with someone and set up a business which is going to earn you loads of money, you wouldn't just run away from it as Magnus does just because some people turn up yeah. with some sheep oh but he really liked you'd, history you'd wasn't the like... implication that he, he really liked history it was all about you know yeah but you but you wouldn't be like oh I'm just going to accept this and all something that I found be... completely implausible was if someone came into my local pub and said <laughs> um, by the way you know the big house they're going to turn it into like a health farm um, we've got to right. stop this here's a tenner I'd be like why do we have to stop this? That right. means there's yeah, going to be why? jobs for receptionists yeah. in the restaurant, exactly. the lifeguard, the health And it could turn into something so much it'll, worse. It'll be it could tourists be... in, they'll spend money in my shop, in the pub. It'll be fantastic. I want I it to say, be a health farm. It would be a nice... So of all nice. the things they could turn that into, a health farm is actually quite a... A, a, a posi- surely a positive thing. In fact, this thing. is where I've written, but surely health farm is better than boats through the ages. Exactly. I thought exactly but, the same thing. It could, they could have turned it into all sorts of things. Well, so I was just more like, surely if Magnus was like, oh, okay. Basically, they, they show him the charges and, and Gimbert says, well, it's obviously a fake. He, even, he knows yeah. that they're having... And Magnus is like, well, it doesn't look like a fake to me. It's like, you would check. You would just tear up a contract. But they do say, like, well, the original's in the archives and they have copied it off yeah. an original. So Yes, but... I know it's uh, not actually Great Moxford, though, so it, it kind of falls apart. I mean, I, it's, it's not completely fictional. The best lies are built on half-truths, aren't true. they? So anyway, they've, managed, they've succeeded in getting rid of Magnus, so they've got no health farm anymore. And then Tink's friend Sheila from the health farm turns up. Basically, Sheila turns up on a motorbike with the masseur from the health farm. So Beth goes off with the masseur. Who, yes. Who, who, is, well who is quite sexy, yeah. And then Sheila and Tink go off together somewhere... And, but this is why I just I just got confused. This is why I've just written a rant about would would Magnus really give up the business opportunity without checking it out? If he did, <laughs> if he did, it should I mean, be sure to be discovered. Would someone yeah. really leap into bed with Tinker just because he had some fish and chips? I mean, there's there's a lot of would there's a lot of implausibility in this. We and have it to is fictional. Our I feel I need to remind you that this is fictional. Yeah. So. Um, so basically, so won over by the Lovejoy universe, we can't. I know. Well, ex- exactly. I have to keep reminding myself. So they go off back to Hattie's house, and they discover the, the, the pair of fish together. The pair is worth like ten to fifteen grand. So we're getting like this is pretty much we're getting there with the twenty grand. I have written Lovejoy presents fish. going. <laughs> <laughs> I have for you. Drum roll, please. Ta-da! It's a stuffed fish and a carved fish. And Billy gives Billy gives the fish gives the fish to because obviously then Charlotte tells the oh, story. Yes. We don't see that on screen, but Charlotte must tell him the story about why they want the fish. So Billy gives the carved fish as a gift to Mabel, so they've got the pair that they can then sell. Oh, this is sad. because he yeah. pretended that he was dead so that she could just get on with her life. I obviously got quite affected by this bit because I'd written her father had told Mabel that he had died in the trenches. That's so awful. I've written. I mean, it is awful. <laughs> My notes are very. Yeah. But he. But obviously, Billy also thought it was the for the best because he could have gone and back to yeah. see her. But he also, you know, stayed away because he knew. Just went that... to Colchester or whatever. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And we kind of see them walking together outside the posh house. 
but yeah. we don't actually we see do. their reunion or anything. So again, this is I all very as time goes there. by. This is all very as time goes by, isn't it? I would have. Oh, I, I, I do love a. Um, uh, couldn't get together at the time, therefore got together when they were 80. Exactly, story. <laughs> and it happens. Oh, so it happens. You know what? My favorite. I'm going to go off on a massive diversion, but it is my my favorite book in the whole world that I am obsessed with, and is just beautiful. When I first read it as a teenager, is A Town Like Alice. Have you read A Town Like Alice? It's in A no. Town Like Alice. She thinks she thinks that he's died. She she's a woman it, during that she's a prisoner of war. She meets an Australian and he steals some chickens for her. Uh, because they're not eating, they're not eating enough. There are all these prisoners, all these chil- women and children who are being marched around Malaya as prisoners of war, and uh, to punish him as a punishment and to make a, a uh, an example of him, the Japanese soldiers crucify him. Oh no! And she finds out something like five years later that actually the locals cut him down after night at nightfall. <gasps> and revived him and he survived and then the rest of the book is about her going to australia to try and find him and and to build this life with him and it's it's an incredible book it's a beautiful book it's what it's the book that made me want to go to australia yeah because he's australian it's gorgeous i'm sorry this has nothing to do with the plot whatsoever well the 20th century was a bit hard on everyone wasn't it i think that's um... it was really i mean it does have something to do with the plot in that this was a case of except they didn't leave it for sort of 80 years but it was yeah, to do with people being separated, you didn't realise, and one mm. and she assumed that he was dead. Yeah, everyone should read it. It's the most beautiful book ever written. Honestly, it's Aww. gorgeous. But I would have liked to see Billy and Mabel get together. Yeah, we, and we just, but we, they, we, they they might do. Like they, we see them together. They, I thought they, that was sort of the implication. Yeah. They were picked, they were up, picked up where they left off. They were reunited, which was lovely. And then Lovejoy and Charlotte are obviously at Mabel's house. They decide to stay over, and they stay. In Queen Victoria's bed, <laughs> they do. They finally get that. I mean, do you think that's on someone's bucket list? Having sex in Queen Victoria's bed. Have sex bed? in Queen it's Victoria's bed. It's not on mine either. And I don't. I, don't I must like say the thought. She was not exactly. I mean, she she was this quite. You know, it, I don't know. She I was. Think um, Queen Victoria was very sexy in her time. As in a, a young time, woman, she was, she was yeah. quite a younger woman. She was meant to be beautiful. Yeah, but, we yeah. all know about Prince Albert and his exciting. We've talked about it on here before. Anyway, We've talked about mind. Prince Albert before, I believe we have. Prince indeed, Albert's, yes. Prince Albert's Prince Albert. Prince but Albert's um, Prince the Albert. joy of them staying the night in Queen Victoria's bed with the curtains drawn around them is that where they have their second time. Yeah. Yes. Well, we assume, but yes, they must. We assume. Well, their it's, time. it's unless, pretty much implied they're naked. Yeah. Unless they had a quick one in the back of the shed at some point. Probably didn't though. And but yeah, of course. Once again, we have the hilarious, which again, oh, it just annoyed me because it was so. I know I have to assess about my disbelief, but basically, a crowd of Japanese tourists come into the room oh, to yeah. see Queen Victoria's bed, pull back the curtains, and then there's Lovejoy and Charlotte naked in bed, and the Japanese t- tourists. <laughs> they all look thrilled though. Again, I it's as though I they would think be that it is. <laughs> it's like they think it is one of those. Oh, this is this is you know. Pretending to be, I mean, admittedly, she hasn't gone to much effort. She doesn't look like Queen Victoria, no. and I don't think he looks like Prince Albert, <laughs> really. But nonetheless, um, they do look quite pleased at this. Oh, it's demonstrating, you know, what, what this, this particular heirloom was used for, and and we appreciate the demonstration. And it is a it cute does. ending, like it was funny. It is a cute ending, and they they look fairly nonplussed, but they don't just go, oh my god. 
Because I would have thought Charlotte would have been horrified. Charlotte's quite naughty, though. Yeah. We've had that before. Charlotte's got a very naughty streak, and I think it's that streak that went to boarding school and always wants to rebel. Yeah, mm. because Jane, I think, Jane, well, Jane wouldn't have got herself into that situation in the first place, I don't think. I think Jane would have been horrified. Even though I Jane don't think Jane would have very... slept in Queen Victoria's bed. No, I don't think she would. Jane had more sort of propriety, even though she was quite girlish mm. sometimes and quite, you know, she, she had she a naughty innocent, side. Yeah. but She had a naughty side, but she didn't have a rebellious side. Yes. Yeah, I think that's the difference so, between the two of them, and that's why I actually think, in some senses, Charlotte suits him more. Yeah, yeah, she challenges him more. So all's well that ends well. Um, Love and Charlotte bonk, but I mean, they, we're, not, <laughs> we're not entirely sure that they get the twenty grand that they need, but they get at least they get ten or yeah. fifteen. As my final note just says, oh well, that was nice. Oh well, yeah, yeah, that's kind of I mean, how I ended this episode. Like, oh okay, I felt like that. It was quite fun. It didn't. Um, you know, set anything on fire? Did it? It really? wasn't complicated. Oh, I really liked it. Was so, it was so sort of this idea of like maybe this is too personal to me, but this idea of like you have to take your chance now because you might lose yeah. your chance. I think, listener, and you can side with me or the other two who are going to say something totally different. That is a terrible idea. Your life will be quite long. Unless you're incredibly unlucky, your life will be quite long. You do not have to grab every chance you have as it comes along because if you do that, your life will become incredibly complicated and quite difficult. So, so, but I, I am very much that kind of person who thinks, "Oh my god, I have to do this now because what if I, I am as what well? What if I can't do it? What if I die at Passchendaele Absolutely. in two weeks' time? It's like being ingrained but, into me through all these '90s dramas about the bloody First World War. <laughs> Maybe it is that. You see, I've always put it down to me being adopted and feeling I have to make the most of every single moment. Maybe it isn't. It's just that I watched this yeah. sort of thing when I was in my <laughs> teens. And it was my formative years, and it's nothing to do with some deep psychological scarring from my <laughs> well, uh, like, yeah. infanthood. I actually wrote a similar thing where I've written, what did I learn? I've just written that it's never too late. Oh, that's is so nice. nice. <laughs> oh, my God, I can't. So it was nice for that. I have, I do feel, you know, not that I've learned, but it, it's reinforced something that we always forget, that it's never too late. I've written, I've learned you can carve a fish. <laughs> I think I learned, I learned you can stuff a fish. <laughs> you can both stuff and carve wow. a fish. Yeah. This is and a rare moment late, where so. I'm the one that's profound. And... <laughs> there you are. No, I learned that's that it's what I did learn. Stuff a fish. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, and we also learned about the inner workings of a of a long case clock, which was quite interesting, wasn't it? I mean, that was that was vaguely interesting, but I, I think I think there is every now and then they have not so much a moral message, but just a really good sort of um oh what's the word i'm looking for not psychological but i guess it's, it's to do you know a, a feel-good message yeah yeah so marks out of 10 well i did really like it and i did cry for i'm gonna say at least a third of the <laughs> of the episode it really pushes my buttons the war pushes my buttons um people being separated when they didn't need to be separated pushes my buttons yeah. love letters hidden in a thing whatever um but i still don't think i would give it a massively high mark i'm gonna give it a seven no. and a half i think I'm going to give it a seven for the same reason. It just it just wasn't all that exciting. It, I didn't there like wasn't the any... farm stuff, I think. I think no, I, I felt didn't. like he, they could have chosen something much worse. 
You know what I think they wanted? I think someone thought that that scene with Beth and Tinker and then maybe the thing where they ended up in bed together mm. and he was eating chips and being a real rebel and whatever, they thought that was funny and then thought, how are we going to do it? Oh, let's have Felton yeah. Hall become a health farm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there was no peril in it. There was no danger. There was I know peril and danger mean the same thing. There was I'm becoming the UK TV I, playwright. I don't think they mean I? the same thing. Doesn't peril so imply so imply danger of death? Yeah, oh, well, there, but there was there there was no danger of anything particularly in it. There was nothing massive. Yeah, I mean, at stake. I didn't care about Mabel and Peter and Hattie. No, I was not all. invested enough in <laughs> any of the players. I know, I was like, this was my favourite episode. I, I'm going to go yeah. against the grain for once. Normally, it's, on. normally it's the other way around. It's me, like yeah, I, no, it is. You're the cynic usually. I loved it. Really? What was not to love about this episode? I mean, it, I will say it was very, very nice. It was a really was pleasant quite watch. Funny. Like, you had Lovejoy doing smouldering looks, Lovejoy in a towel, Lovejoy out, coming out the shower in his Man United towel. <laughs> you had, that's it, he's got two extra points for that in, a, in be, itself. Yeah, a beautiful love story that was quite weepy. You mm. had the funny element of Tink with his fish and chips. You had that's true. I mean, I just, I just thought it was brilliant. Yeah, there was quite a lot. I mean, when you put it like that, there was quite I, a lot. I, it. I loved it. I'm gonna give it eight and a half. Oh, I really loved it. Cool. Did you have an antique of the week? Uh, I, I had two. Am I allowed two? Yeah. I, I quite like. So I, I think I would have sort of. I like original old documents like you know like the magna carta yeah. and things like that so the original um, the royal charter the little thing that that yeah that they showed even though okay i know it didn't relate to this particular place but i like that i think old documents i find fascinating that would be my real antique of the week i also just thought the stuffed rabbit was fabulous <laughs> the stuffed rabbit just I'm behind him on a shelf and look at it properly it was wonderful I, I do quite like taxidermy and i've written at one point i want the fish but i don't know yeah. what, what would i do with no. a massive stuffed fish i think really i, I would just like to have um, it doesn't even seem to take me to the river. I mean, yeah. what we what we lack in our houses are I, yeah taxidermy. I would just We're all like lacking that taxidermy. House. I would like to live in Hattie's house, even if it half belonged to the Suffolk Heritage Trust, and I had to have people. What, you want people to walk in on you in Queen Victoria's bed? <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Helen? I think mine would be the clock because I do like a clock. I think we've talked about this before. Mm. I like I like a grandfather clock, even though it had different inner workings than were yeah, authentic. Yeah, because I wouldn't care about that. It looks pretty, and the outside was authentic. Yeah, and that's why I'm. That's what I'm going to look at. I don't look at the inside. Yeah, true. No, that's true. That and is, it worked. Yeah. I, I, so I will have the clock, please. Yeah, that is true. That is a good point. Ooh. Excellent. Well, so that's the end. Kind. Of, oh no! Did I have an antique? Oh, I said I just wanted to live in the house. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So that's the end of series season five. Through. Sorry, series five. Whoa. So you know where we are what? now. Let me just look on the Twitter and see what people said about this. Oh, sorry, episode. I meant to do oh, yeah. and I forgot. That's all right. And then I am going to definitely solicit as many comments as possible on the. Uh, now, so Dave Ridgway has written excellent chippage, if I remember right. Yes, very good chips. This is a very good point. To the point to the bit where I was like, maybe I could get fish and chips delivered. They did to my look. House. They did look really but good. But I didn't. I didn't go that far. But I kind of wish I had done now. Our our favourite Welshman, Earl Richards, has written. It feels like a remake of March of Time from series one, which we've already oh. said. Mm. Similar plot, similar plot, but better represented in this episode. Controversial. I well, I uh, and I then think he I said, this one, oh, well. 
Yeah. And then he said, well, there you go. And then he said, always fun to explore Aristo, rumpy, pumpy in glorious locations. <laughs> and to me, I actually replied to him and said, that could just be the UK TV yeah. play summary of all of Lovejoy is Aristo, rumpy, rumpy pumpy. pumpy in glorious locations. There's not that much rumpy, pumpy there. There's a lot of like... Suggestive. Suggestive, suggestive. yeah. I mean, like, Lovejoy, I mean, there Lovejoy was definitely rumpy, like, pumpy never... at the end. Yes. Mm, that's it. Oh, Yes. But that's only like, you know, the second bit of rumpy pumpy between them. But they were definitely both rumping and pumping. <laughs> rumpy pumpy is a terrible phrase, isn't it? It is an horrid. awful phrase. When, I when, hate when it. When you say it more than once, you realise. Like, when awful. you say it with a northern accent, you realise it sounds really grim. Anyway. And uh, John Martin has said one of my least favourite episodes in the series. I've maybe watched it twice in all these years. I'm prepared to watch it again in preparation, however. Oh, Hold that on, John. Is, that's commitment. That's commitment to the podcast. That is dedication, yeah. And then Andrew Elson said, not a bad episode, as I recall. Much better than the next one. And I thought we were friends, Andrew. Oh, oh I think he might have so been winding you up there on purpose, I think Polly. he might have been Twitter-teasing you. Mm. Uh, and then, oh, Nick Leonte, who we definitely have to mention, not least because um, I left out his question about the umbrella. It says, uh, mostly I like that Tin- Tinker hit it off with the health spa lady. Everything else seemed a bit forced in this episode, mm. but maybe I just don't know enough about the taxidermy of fish. <laughs> so maybe that's where maybe that's where you and I went wrong, Em, because we don't know enough about... Uh, the taxidermy of, of fish. Of, yeah, yeah. it's a taxidermy fish, so there we are. Yeah, I mean, I did enjoy it. I just felt like maybe they came up with the title and then scratched about a bit for what the plot oh, was going to be. Well, it's got to have fish in it somehow. <laughs> Let's well, use this phrase. I liked know. it. I liked so that's, it. So that's the opinion from the Twitterverse anyway. Thank you, Polly. Um, so, yes, do follow us on Twitter. It's at LovejoyAPod. Um, or on Instagram as well, because I'm trying to be better about Instagram. But certainly on Twitter, you will find a conversation happening. Is, you will. You and, definitely and you will. Might just, even and I'll be read able out to your join. tweets. Yeah, Polly will read out your conversation. Um, uh, and we're coming I'm up to... furloughed at the moment. Come <laughs> and talk to me on Twitter. And we're coming up to the exciting finale. Wait, is it a finale of Series 5, would you say? Or is it a standard? Well, now, it's, it's sometimes seen as... The opening episode of series six. Okay. Sometimes seen as the final episode of series five, or it's sort of a, because it's these two big episodes that are sort of almost movie length it's when like you put them film. together. It's a standalone. It's all, it's like a standalone. It's the Lovejoy movie special on its own, really. But in between the two, it 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 has its own. I am very you know, excited. I'm very good. excited. I think it's good. Yeah. We're, we're gonna we're gonna dedicate a weekend of our lives to we are somehow watching and recording our our thoughts on it and we'll put it so out is, exactly. I mean, it was it was somehow. broadcast it, i mean it definitely was broadcast so the episode we just watched was broadcast on the 28th of november 1993 and then obviously the christmas special came in december mm. so yeah, it was kind there was of a like gap between the two a month yeah yeah so it's the 27th of December when the Christmas And special. then did Series 6 kick off straight away after that? No, no Series 6 for, kicked not, off the following autumn. Yeah, didn't October. Oh, wow. not October. Oh, so if, Polly, so if it you're... was so long for you to wait. It How was, did you it was stand awful, it? it was painful. <laughs> so if you're, so you're going to ascribe it, I mean, if you're going to say it belonged to a series, you would definitely say it was Series, series five. 5. Yeah, I'm I think it's, I, I go with more of the standalone thing and we, we see, we can vote on it after we've watched yeah. it. Yeah. So yes, join us online because we'll be discussing it there and you can also support us on Patreon 
I put a poster yes. about what I spent all the Patreon money on. <laughs> so what can I write about? Excellent. Let me write about how you help us. But your support means everything to us. Yeah, it's, it really um, does. It really Patreon. does. Patreon.com forward slash Lovejoy. Actually, and if you don't want to make such a big commitment, you can buy us a gin or... Um, with some fish and chips on coffee, which oh, is absolutely. ko-fi.com forward slash lovejoy. Actually, and if you want to find out what we're up to in our ch- charitable causes, um, our, we take a cut of our Patreon money and give it to Royal Trinity Hospice. But we also, yeah. during lockdown, have been raising more money for them because they've lost out a little bit. Um, so you can yes. find out about that and why we're doing it at lovejoyactually.com forward slash trinity. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, by the way, Helen, you did very well last episode because I said something about running the half marathon and you said, and we're definitely doing it, even if it doesn't take place in April, it will take place at some point, which is very clever because it's not taking, it's place, not in taking place in April. <laughs> so you, you saw the future. Yeah, so yeah. We, will, we will do it. So thank you to those of you who've donated already. We've yes, had some donations. You. But um, we don't know when exactly we're going to be running it. But when it happens, we will run it. And yeah, we we've hope... been in touch with Trinity. And we're hoping it'll be this year. Yeah, but we'll we see. We hope it'll be later, later in 2021. But obviously, nothing is certain as we know at the moment. But whenever it happens, we will run it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's we can be certain about that, she says, invoking the wrath of the gods. <laughs> Exactly. What's going to strike us down that means we can't run it? What could possibly it? happen in 2021 <laughs> anyway? Right, I'm, cu- I'm cutting us off before it gets any worse. Right. Goodbye, everybody. All right. <laughs> Bye. 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 Let's tell My name, oh yes, it's J.R. Hartley.